your spirit to reach the lost and to do the things that we need done here in Jesus' name. Amen? All right, let's go to John chapter 6. John 6, we're going to read verses 35 through 30, uh, excuse me, 53 through 56. The children, if you have children, please take them to Pastor Keith, and they will be able to go to Sunday, Sunday school. Okay? All right. Hallelujah. Praise God. Make sure, you, make sure you get them baptized in the Holy Ghost with fire and shaking and trembling when they come out. All right, John 6, 53 through 56. I'm reading out of the NIV 1984 version. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. The title of my message today is the blood of Christ, the blood of Christ. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats of my flesh and drinks of my blood remains in me, and I in him. Now, this is a very important point that I want to make. They, there are certain nationalities that understand the blood better than the American church because we consider it more of a doctrine where there are certain regions in the earth, there are certain countries in the earth, they understand blood covenant. They understand what the blood does. It, it brings a tie. It brings a tie that is very, very hard to break. It's one of the most powerful covenants that can ever be made. Well, it is the most powerful covenant in the kingdom of God. That is the most powerful covenant to have the covenant of Jesus. So when you, when you get around the occult and they do blood... When you're getting into Santeria and voodoo and you're dealing with uh, witch doctors and uh, what's, what's that, uh, Palmeo or whatever that other uh, witchcraft stuff is. When you get around the, the witch doctors and things like that, they, they, they take blood. They would rather have human blood, but they'll do animal blood. And then they'll sprinkle They'll sprinkle the blood and they'll call on the spirits and they'll, they'll go into their, their chants and they go through this ceremony and in this ceremony they have rituals like uh, 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 earth. They may, even, they may even light fire. They use other other herbs, but it's a covenant, and it's very hard to break. It's one of the most lengthy 
exorcisms that you can ever get into. Okay? Jesus is speaking here about his crucifixion and the shedding of his blood. When you eat of my blood, or when you drink my blood and you eat of my flesh, you are what? You are eating and drinking. It's a, represent, it's a representation of sustained life. Sustained life. We all have to eat. We all have to drink. So what Jesus is saying here is my blood covenant I give my body and my blood in covenant for you, a sacrifice for you. And so what happens is when we, when we partake of this blood covenant and we understand the power of this blood, It's my experience when I get around certain people, devils start crying out. They hate the blood. They start to manifest. Because the power of Jesus' blood, there is nothing stronger than the blood of Jesus. Eating and drinking, as I said, is a way of life. It represents a way of life. I need to understand that Jesus crucified this, my sinful, our sinful nature. He crucified our sinful nature. And that blood became a covenant, a power with the Father that cannot be broken. It talks about Jesus' death on the cross. So when you talk about the blood, it's synonymous with the cross. You can't separate the cross and the blood. They go together. You can't read the writings of Paul and not understand that. I'll show you in a minute. I have a couple, exa couple scriptures. I'm glad you asked for them. This is the first mention in John's gospel of mutual indwelling. That's what, the, that's what Jesus' bodily crucifixion and blood did. It brought about a mutual indwelling between those who would believe in him and him. He and you, you and him. That's why when there's blood in the sacrifice, it is a binding contract. It is a binding contract in the supernatural to whatever evil force the occult would attach to it. I know people 
I know of people who are led to cut themselves during intercourse and mix blood. And what are they, what are they doing? They're making one of the most powerful packs to sexual spirits that is hard to undo. Because when there is a covenant made, it has to be undone the way it was made. You have to reverse it. And a lot of times, a lot of times a person won't really know because there's such, there's such a supernatural force going on that it causes them to forget a lot of the stuff. So you have to take them through an exorcism. But not so with Jesus. Jesus says his blood covenant will cause you or us to be in him and he in us. There's a theological word. It's called co-inherence. Where Christ dwells in us and we in Christ. When we receive Jesus, we remain in him and he remains in us. Paul, his writings associate Jesus' blood with death. When you read Paul and you start to study the blood of Jesus, you will find death right there. Jesus' crucifixion. But you will also find the cross. We sang about it where Jesus' blood was poured out on the cross. Colossians 1 and 20 says this, And through him to reconcile to himself all things. That's what the blood does. The blood brings reconciliation to all things. That blood in the cross. Listen to what he says. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, the blood of Jesus works here on the earth and in the heavenly realms. You guys are too quiet for me today. But I'm here to tell you right now, I've seen some of the biggest and the baddest fallen angels go down at the blood of Jesus. It's how you apply it. You have to do it scripturally. You have to understand, like I was talking last night, you need to understand the spirit realm you're working in. You need to know these things. If you do not know the realm of the, the spiritual realm you're operating in, you're going to become a casualty. 
You just can't make these generalizations, these statements that just kind of want to cast your, cast your lure in there and see if you pull something out. They don't work in the spirit world. The spirit world is about legality. The blood of Jesus is a legal thing in God's temple in heaven. It is legal. It is binding. It's a covenant between God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and man. And it will bring reconciliation both in the earthly realm and in the heavenly realm. So it doesn't matter where your problem is. As Ephesians 1 and 3 says, you have been blessed in the heavenly realms. In Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1 and 3. By making peace, listen, let me read the whole thing. Colossians 1.20, and through him, through Jesus, to reconcile to himself God all things, whether things on the earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood. The blood brings peace. Shed on the cross. There it is. There's one of many of Paul's writings that connects the blood to the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Ephesians 2 and 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. You've been brought near. It's not only a condition, but it's a position. The position is the blood has given me peace with God, reconciliation with God. But am I totally reconciled? No. My position? Yes. My condition on the last day. Whether it's the end of time or it's the end of my life. But on that day, you and I will be fully reconciled to God. Positionally, it's already done. The covenant's already been made. The blessings of the blood have already been pronounced. One of the things that the church has lost is the power of the cross and the pleading of the blood. It's not going to be lost in this house. There's nothing greater than that. Without Jesus' sacrificial death on that cross and his shedding of blood, I have nothing. I have nothing. And I'm suggesting you have nothing. However, 
If you have it, and he's your Lord and he's your Savior, then you have everything pertaining to life and godliness. 2 Peter 1 and 3. You have it. So you know what you do? You start to apply the blood. You start to apply the cross. How do you do that? By putting the gifts of the Holy Ghost into action. By confronting the kingdom of darkness. By confronting sickness and disease. The things that plague man. Confronting poverty. You apply the word of God. It tells you what to do. It tells you where the power is. It tells you how to ask. It tells you what the Holy Spirit responds to. First Peter 1, 18 and 19. For you know that it was with, not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from an empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Do you know what he's referencing here, where Peter is referencing? He's, re he's, he's referencing two things. He's re referencing first Isaiah 53, the suffering servant who was prophesied by Isaiah to go to a cross and to die on a cross and to shed his blood and to bring, blood, bring that covenant to man and by his stripes we were healed. And in this, I believe it's verse 10 of Isaiah 53, it talks about inner healing. That God, in that covenant, God would bring emotional traumas to an end. And he would reconcile them by healing them through Jesus Christ. Do you know what else Peter's referencing? The Passover, the blood, where the death angel has to go by your house. Through the blood, the devil doesn't have to be in your home. He has to pass over. That's one of the most powerful stories in the Bible where Satan himself walks through Goshen wanting to attack God's people. And because of that blood, because of what God said, 
Oh, get ready. Because of what God prophesied, what the blood would do, that blood is still speaking because it, is, it will be his destruction in hell. The blood is still active. It is still powerful. It does more than save your soul from eternal damnation. It defeats the enemy. The church has no idea how much power it has. If that's all we had was the doctrine of the cross and the doctrine of the blood, the devil would still be wiped out. We get too hung up in healing ministries, prophetic ministries, intercessory ministries, deliverance ministries, the uh, classes on the gifts of the spirit. We get too hung up on all these things and none of it works without the blood and the cross. The Holy Spirit won't show up. We get off. The real power is the blood of Jesus. That's the real power. <laughs> I remember, I don't think any of you here were with me at that time, but years ago, I was helping a lady come out of the occult. She was born into the occult, sacrificed, Bree knows her, Forgot Breeze back there. Remember Christy? Coming out of the occult. And every time I would preach a message like this or talk about redemption, those demons would come up and they would just start to growl because they knew it, it was a reminder of their eternal damnation. Are you guys getting anything? I'm almost done. I want, to, I want you to watch this. What did the blood do? It took care of original sin for us. God says, I'm no longer holding your sins accountable anymore. I'm going to take care of original sin for you. That Adamic nature. What else did it do? It did away with us sinning from time to time. It's covered. As long as we repent, as long as we continue to pursue righteousness and holiness. Listen to my last scripture verse here. Acts 20 and 28. Keep watch over yourselves. And all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So it's a charge to the fivefold ministry to take care of the church. How do you do that? Acts 20, 28. Be shepherds, he says. Be shepherds of the church of God. Why? Because he bought... Because which he bought with his own blood.
his own blood. You know what keep watch here means? To be on guard. In a continuous state of readiness. Do you not understand that? Do you not understand that when I walk in this room, I am ready with both guns loaded? And whatever God is into, I'm into it. I remember, I remember a few years back, I went out to, um, what's the, I went out to a church on a Sunday morning, and I think I did 21 exorcisms on Sunday morning, because God was doing exorcisms. By the time I got done doing that, I could barely stand up. It was the first time I felt like I couldn't stand anymore. And I know I was at least 10 or 12 years younger. Be in a continual state of readiness to apply the cross and apply the blood. You're hearing it. I said, Brother Bruce, I'm not sure if I quite understand how to do that. Speak the word. Speak to the lies. Say, no, the blood of Jesus has reconciled me with God. I have been redeemed through the blood of the Lamb. Apply the blood to every healing that you need and you're waiting on. Apply the blood and plead the blood until you get your breakthrough. Breakthrough only comes through the blood. It's the power of God that brings it. The power of the Holy Spirit. He does it. But he does it through blood covenant. He does it through blood covenant. You need your children saved? Plead the blood. Plead the blood. You need finances? You need your financial situation to turn around? There's only one way. The blood of Jesus. I kind of like these scriptures when they talks about us in Christ and Christ in us. And then he, gives, he gets into Colossians chapter 2, somewhere around the 12th or 13th verse in there, and he talks about the treasures that are in Christ. I, oh, my goodness. You mean Jesus is the, the treasure of all wisdom and knowledge? It's a treasure. Let's stand.